Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Merry Christmas, everybody! Well, I really wanted to give you season two starting today, Christmas Day, but my mom and my manager and my Amanda, my boss, told me I needed to wait until January 8th because they didn't think that anyone would listen to me on Christmas Day or New Year's Day, which is next Tuesday. No, all they care about is the numbers. But all I care about is making you happy. So instead of season two, right now, here's a little bonus episode, a little Christmas special, some highlights of my favorite things I learned in season one. On Sunday night, I forced my mom and dad to record this with me. Ah! <laughs> Are we ready, everyone? Me, 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 me. Are we ready? Yes. It's Christmas Day. Okay. Well. Merry Christmas. This is a podcast for my listeners, a Christmas gift. Hey, Merry Merry Christmas, Molly listeners. Merry Christmas on this Christmas Day. (laughs) Merry Christmas. And now let's sing our family Christmas song. Which is? Merry Christmas. Christmas. One and, and all. What the hell? just a little highlight of things I've learned from the podcast in this year you know it's been a transformative year for me and I've learned so much so I thought we could review some of the things that we've learned and since dad doesn't listen not all the time maybe we can teach him some things yes oh goody <laughs> dad do you guys know about the anogenital distance no, no tell us <laughs> The anal, the anal genital distance is the distance. Oh, that's when a, a when an anus leaves Chicago. What time does it get to New York? How many hours? Before? If it goes seventy miles an hour. <laughs> How long does it take to get from the anus to the to the vagina? <laughs> to the vagina. It took me, it took me a, a long time. The anal genital distance isn't that the. Uh, it's the taint. It's the taint. And what is it? That, it's, the distance It's of? the distance between the anus and the genitals. But did you know that that is directly related to the testosterone? You guys remember anal genital distance, right? Here I am in episode 19, referring to it as AGD. Lower testosterone leads to a shorter AGD, and a measurement lower than the median correlates to a man being seven times as likely to be subfertile and gives him a greater likelihood of having undescended testicles, testicular tumors, and a smaller penis. What is causing this disruption? Well, that's where it gets interesting. They actually know what's causing this disruption. Chemicals. Plastic. I hate plastic. In short, humans started ingesting a whole host of compounds that affected our hormones, including, most critically, estrogen and testosterone. 
So basically, chemicals, plastics, all of that shit went up, sperm count started going down. When a chemical affects your hormones, it's called an endocrine disruptor. And it turns out that many of the compounds used to make plastic soft and flexible or harder, like phthalates and BPA, are consummate endocrine disruptors. Phthalates and BPA, for example, mimic estrogen in the bloodstream. If you're a man with a lot of phthalates in your system, you'll produce less testosterone and fewer sperm. If exposed to phthalates in utero, a male fetus's reproductive system itself will be altered. Women with raised levels of phthalates in their urine during pregnancy were significantly more likely to have sons with shorter anogenital distance as well as a shorter penis length and smaller testes. When the fetus's testicles start making testosterone, which is about eight weeks into pregnancy, they make a little less. So phthalates decrease testosterone, the testicles then do not produce proper testosterone, and the anogenital distance is shorter. Now don't go getting self-conscious about your taint, everybody, or your boyfriend's taint. Just go out and get jars instead of plastic Tupperware. That's the first thing that you can do. I've done it and my kitchen looks so much cuter now. I've got stacked jars everywhere. The other thing you can do is stop getting receipts. They're coated in a BPA thermal coating. It's super weird and fucked up. And the other thing is that the FDA cannot regulate anything that says fragrance or perfume. Which is crazy because almost everything says fragrance or perfume on it, but that's where they hide the phthalates. So if you want to be super clean, go through your cabinets and get rid of all the products that contain fragrance or perfume. Okay, what's next, Mo? Oh, well, what do you want to know about? We got spermatogenesis, oogenesis, hemorrhoids, hysterectomies, vasectomies. Hemorrhoids. (laughs) Hemorrhoids? I can't remember what they are, but I'll cut to it right now. Well, we talked about hemorrhoids a tiny bit back in George's episode. That's episode 15. Hemorrhoids are swollen blood vessels in the rectal area. They typically range in size from as small as a pea to as large as a grape. Oh, boy. And they can develop inside the rectum or protrude through the anus. Why are hemorrhoids more common during pregnancy? Your growing uterus, constipation, and an increase in the hormone progesterone all make it more likely you'll develop hemorrhoids during pregnancy. During pregnancy, progesterone relaxes the walls of your veins, allowing them to swell more easily. Progesterone also contributes to constipation by slowing down your intestinal tract. Wow. Dad, what do you know about placentas? I like it. (laughs) I think it's corn. uh... Corn? Yeah, like fried corn cakes or something. Polenta? Polenta. (laughs) Oh. Have you forgotten what we've learned about the placenta? Well, here's a little refresher from episode 27 with women's health nurse practitioner Chloe Quinn. And don't forget, you can go to her website, thepregnancyprep.com, and you can follow her on Instagram too. She's got lots of fun information that she posts. The placenta is an organ. No. So you're building an organ Ugh. in addition to a baby, in addition to your whole body stretching to like new sizes it's never been. Mm. Um, so the placenta is like a thick, meaty almost like a liver so it's got actual thickness and size and so actually giving birth to the placenta is like on the whole nother thing yeah. which we need to help along typically so usually a doctor will be kind of pulling on the placenta the cord mm. to kind of release the placenta from it's attached to the uterine wall so the oh that okay so the umbilical cord is attached to the placenta not <laughs> to the mother's belly button <laughs> nope nope <laughs> It's in a, it should be in the center of the placenta, not always, but one side is the side towards the baby. Mm. Um, the chorionic side is where the 
umbilical cord is sort of coming off of the placenta into the baby's belly button. Mm -hmm. And the other side is like almost just raw. It's just vessels. It's very vascular. And that's attached to the uterine wall. But there's all these vessels that are basically feeding your uterus with blood, oxygenated blood. And then the placenta is sort of pulling that oxygen out, but the bloods don't mix. So it's pulling the oxygen through the capillaries and it's, yeah. Um, and that the umbilical cord is awesome too, because it involves two arteries and one vein. So there's one large thick vein that's basically bringing blood away from the baby uh-huh. back to, and there's two arteries, very tiny that are feeding oxygen to the baby from the placenta into wow. the umbilical cord. It is very amazing. When I started the podcast, I knew the difference between fraternal and identical twins, that identical twins share the same genes, but I didn't know that fraternal twins was genetic and identical twins is just a fluke. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait a minute. Fraternal twins are two completely separate eggs and sperms. And it happens... And and zygotes. Fraternal twins happen when the ovary releases more than one egg during ovulation so there's two eggs floating down the fallopian tube that get inseminated or that get um what's the word inseminated i guess Mm, fertilized fertilized thank you so the reason that's genetic is because the mother will have a propensity to do that to drop to drop more than one egg yeah. yeah Here's a little twin lesson from episode 22. First, you've got gametes. In humans, the male gamete is the sperm. In females, it's the egg or the ovum. They each carry 23 chromosomes. When the male gamete fertilizes the female gamete, they form a zygote. Now, here's the difference between fraternal and identical. Identical twins occur when one fertilized egg splits in half and becomes two embryos. These embryos will share the exact same DNA. Identical twins are monozygotic because they come from one zygote. Fraternal twins are dizygotic because they come from two separate eggs that are fertilized by two separate sperm, forming two zygotes. The genes of fraternal twins are no more similar than those of any siblings. Now, Amanda and I thought that identical twins were genetic, but it's fraternal twins that actually run in families, and here's why. Fraternal twins happen in women who carry a trait for hyperovulation. That means they will ovulate more than one egg per cycle. Now, since I don't carry that gene, I would not have a higher chance of having twins if I used Daniel or Matthew's sperm. But they may be carriers of the gene, so if I have a girl, she may have a higher chance of having twins in the future. Now, twins do happen more with fertility treatments. You may conceive multiples if you're taking hormone treatments that cause hyperovulation. Or if you're doing IVF, the docs may transfer more than one embryo into the uterus at one time. Sometimes fraternal twins can come from different fathers. You see, when more than one egg is released, there can be a couple days in between. And if you got another man, you know, could happen. After one egg is fertilized and begins to travel to the uterus for implantation, another egg is fertilized by sperm from a later incident of sexual intercourse. The result is fraternal twins who are actually conceived a few days apart. Here's another thing I learned. Ladies my age might actually have a higher chance of having twins naturally, even if it's not a genetic propensity. Because we, because our ovaries are, they're, they're frustrated. And so they might shoot out more than one egg. Do you know the details of what happens in reproduction? Not not the 
Not Bless the sex you. Part. Not the sex part, but what happens on a cellular level? To the well. no, not really. I think you're setting us up. Give us the answer. Do you want to make guesses One, for fun? One, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four. Oh, he's right. So the sperm is the smallest cell in the human body, and the egg is the largest cell in the human body. Oh, no, that's fabulous. Yeah, and. You know what? For a lesson in spermatogenesis and oogenesis, let's just go back to an episode where I put more effort into production value. Episode 10. Okay, so the female body begins producing egg cells in utero at just nine weeks. By the time the fetus is five months old, it will have created seven million eggs, but most of those eggs will die before the time the baby's born. At birth, females have about one to two million immature eggs in them. By the time she hits puberty, that number is already down to 300,000 eggs. By the time she hits 37, she'll have about 25,000 eggs left. And by the time we're 40, it's like a thousand or something. Oh well. Now on to the sperm. An average fertile male will produce 500 billion sperm in his lifetime. That's 1,500 per second. Each time a male ejaculates, he's shooting off 300 million little swimmers. Sexy. Okay, now let's talk about sex. When a male ejaculates during intercourse, the semen is deposited in the vagina. Then the sperm makes a beeline for the egg. They make their way all the way through the cervix and through the uterus to find the mature egg in the fallopian tube, most of the time. Then they attack. But Mrs. Egg isn't just an innocent bystander. Oh no, she has a choice too. She's selecting her favorite one. Once the winning sperm gets his little head inside, then the egg puts up a force field and says no more to any of the other sperm. Then, here's something I didn't know. All of the DNA in a sperm is all in the head, so as soon as the head gets inside the egg, the sperm sheds its tail. It doesn't need it anymore. Then, the egg is fertilized. Sort of, I guess. This is the part where I can't really give you any scientific details, but you know, there's some cell division and then you've got an embryo. The embryo finds its way to the uterus and implants itself into the wall and ba-bam, you're pregnant. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Okay, back to me and my folks. I'm now trying to explain to them something I read about sperm the night before. And, and they have, and this is their shape. They've got that, you know, that triangle head or whatever. And then underneath, they're wearing a scarf of mitochondria. And the mitochondria oh. is what powers their tail down here to go like this. Oh and I also read last night or two nights ago that the, it's about the equivalent of a human swimming across the English Channel three times without a break. Oh my God. And that's the distance from when it hits the... Cervix, cervix to where it swims to the fallopian tube oh, in, inside the fallopian tube to uh-huh. find the egg so it's oh. like an olympic swimmer i'll say yeah it's amazing yeah hey. oh we got to warm up the fire a second there you go oh yeah oh yeah tell everybody how much i love to play with the fire she loves to play with the fire. Loves to play with the fire. I'm really uh, good at it, right? Yeah. You know, we're in our cozy little TV room, and there's a little Franklin stove that's set into a very old fireplace built in 1780, and it's um, pretty compromised chimney. So we've got this 
sweet little thing in there. And Molly's got her scarf really, really close to the oh, fire. Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah, here she goes. Here she comes. Yep. Back to the testes. So then, so then we talked about testicles some more, and then I started talking about semen, of course. So only 3% of the semen is actually sperm. The rest is sugar, I mean, fructose, not fructose. That fruit cocktail. Fruit cocktail. <laughs> um. Wait, 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 wait. 3% is sperm. Yes, 3. 97% is, is just is the, uh, fluid to carry Body it. fluid. Yeah. And where does the body fluid get get created? I don't know. I'll have to look that up right now. In humans, the volume of semen is only 2 to 5% sperm. The rest of the volume is made up of fluid secreted by the epididymis, prostate gland, and seminal vesicles. The epididymis contributes a small volume of fluid containing the electrolytes, potassium, and sodium, and some nutrients for the sperm. The prostate gland contributes about 30% of the seminal fluid, with secretions including citric acid, minerals, and enzymes. The seminal vesicles contribute about 60% of the seminal fluid, with secretions including sugar, hey, I got that one right, amino acid, citric acid, and prostate glandulin hormones. The bulbourethral gland secretes a small amount of mucus for lubrication. You know, this is neat. I, after all this time, I'm still learning new things every day. Back to mom and dad. By the way, mom and dad are downstairs right now, and I'm in my mom's office. It's Christmas Eve, and I'm editing this, and I don't know how I'm going to get this done before tomorrow morning. It's already 11 <laughs> p.m. No matter what, I'm always rushing. <laughs> But I'm only rushing because I want to spend more time with my family. Not because I'm stressed out. God, there's a mosquito here. There's a mosquito trying to get me. I don't understand. It's winter in the northeast. Why is there a mosquito after me? Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I, well, oh, yeah. Back to mom and dad where I'm trying to tell them about the viscosity of semen. So, but when it comes out, it's thicker because that makes it stay inside the vagina better uh -huh. and then over about fit 10 minutes or so it gets thinner with the heat of the female's body the temperature it, it speeds up the sperm the warmth makes them faster and it gets thinner with enzymes that are found in the vagina so that the sperm can be loosened up and go into the cervix then the cervical mucus washes away all the semen because if the semen gets into the uterus, then the woman can have anaphylactic shock. Uh, so that, wow. Yes. What is that? I didn't know that. I don't know, because it's outside stuff or whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, I was wrong. It's not anaphylactic shock. Okay, so under normal circumstances, after intercourse, cervical mucus acts as a filter allowing only modal sperm with normal morphologic features to reach the upper endocervical canal. The remainder of the ejaculate containing non-modal and non-viable sperm, as well as non-sperm cells and seminal plasma, never reaches the upper female reproductive tract. Although IUI of raw, unwashed semen has been performed in the past, meaning they've actually put semen, unwashed semen, into the uterus, this generally has been abandoned. Seminal plasma contains bacteria and prostaglandins, which, hey, we just talked about that word, 
which induce uterine contractions. Thus, insemination of unwashed semen may result in excess uterine cramping and a higher risk of pelvic infection. Infection, not anaphylactic shock. Finally, uterine installation of volumes of more than approximately 0.5 milliliters may induce uterine contractions, which may expel the inseminated sample. Whoa, I didn't know that either. Did that make sense to you? What they're saying is when you do IUI, intrauterine insemination, you can only use 0.5 milliliters of sperm, washed sperm. But when you're doing an at-home ICI, intracervical insemination, wait, (laughs) I still don't know if that's what it's actually called. When you're doing at-home turkey baster situation, you're trying to get as much semen in there as possible. Like you're probably going to get between two and a half to five milliliters, but if you could, you'd put 50 milliliters up there. So anyway, when it goes into the uterus, only 0.5 milliliters. Oh man, I'm learning new stuff every day. I could do this podcast for years and years. Is that it? Is that how Jesus was made? Was, mm. hmm. was oh, she Jesus. pregnant? Was Mary pregnant? No, Mary was a virgin. She was yeah, but she was pregnant. pregnant. She had to have been pregnant. Did she with... get, actually give birth or did... Did the baby Jesus just appear? Just show up. No, the Holy Ghost brought the baby in. Well, then she was never <laughs> pregnant. She, was she ever pregnant? Yes. She Are there carried, images? She was. She, she was, carried in images. She was in on images. a donkey. She was carried. She carried on a donkey. Wow. Uh, yeah. She carried a donkey. Yeah. No, she sat on a donkey into Bethlehem. And she had a big belly. I believe so, but they wore robes then, you know. Sure. Speaking of robes, I plan to wear a lot of maternity clothes, like long, big, hippie dresses. Good, good. Oh, I cannot wait. Great. I mean, I even already have them. I've been wearing them since I was in high school. Absolutely. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Happy holidays. Happy Merry. uh, Have babies. Peace the species. Peace to the species. What's left of it? Stop using plastic if you can. Maintain your interanal distance. (laughs) Anal genital. Yeah. And um, happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. I'll see ya on January eighth. Season two is going to be spectacular. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Season Uh, two. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Love you. Bye-bye. everybody thank you so much for listening to this little bonus episode of Spermcast. i just want to say that this has been quite an incredible year for me in fact it was a year ago tomorrow that i sat down and i started working on this podcast i was super super petrified i didn't know what was gonna happen and i was totally freaked out But I knew I had to do it, and I knew I needed to figure out a way to make my own baby. So I embarked on a journey that took me all over the place. And here I am, finally doing what I have always wanted to do my whole life. And it's made me so, so happy. 
So anyway, thank you so much for being here with me. Wow, that got me emotional. Aw, isn't that fun? I haven't cried in a long time for you guys. <laughs> I really have had a wonderful year, and I have learned so much, and I just have gotten so much love from all of you, and it really means the most to me. But yeah, man, we have learned so much together. All right, I gotta go downstairs. It's Christmas morning and I smell bacon and I don't eat bacon, but God, does it smell good. <laughs> I need to eat some pancakes and decaf. See you in season two. Love you. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town, but I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, full gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm, sperm cast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.